Good morning, and uh, how's it all going? How is everyone? It is fucking, what, been pissing down for 36 hours now, and summer is fucking over. Yay, Melbourne, woo! Anyways, my guest today is one hell of a talented dude. I mean, holy shit, he is literally covering every spectrum. Spectrum? Spectrum. <laughs> uh, my guest today is Sam Peterson. Uh, he's a documentary maker, he's a stand-up comic, uh, sketch artist, he's done live plays, interactive shows, writing, um, and he jumped on to have a chat about his upcoming film, which is a sort of mockumentary of sorts, um, and I was sort of put in touch with him through one of our previous guests, Maddie Tyres, who sort of helped him on the production side of things, and so I was very grateful for him to come down at pretty short notice, um, to come and have a chat, especially considering, you know, he's, he's also a podcast host. So uh, this was not his first rodeo and probably covering ground that he's already covered before. And so I, I was really, really grateful for him to come down and, and, and have a chat. And it's really nice to meet him and, and hear about all of the different things that he's been working on, what he's got coming up, his unique perspective on, on life and um, reality TV and, and shows and, and what have you. Um, which is so different from mine, so it makes it a lot more fascinating to have that kind of conversation. But I won't ramble on about it. Why don't you jump on, have a listen, Sam Peterson. Thanks very much. So my promotion today, um, if you're listening and you're in the acting space or creative filmmaking world and you're looking to get any imagery done, I will be throwing out a 20% discount to anyone who comes along with proof of subscription and a share on any of their socials and that 20% is yours, um, which is worth about 65 bucks. So I'd love to hear from you. Give me a shout out. Um, drop a comment on, um, on YouTube or on Instagram or you can email me at bigwonderproductions.com. Uh, no, bigwonderproductions at outlook.com. Thanks, guys. I um, I just got a new camera and I was shooting on a digital SLR, and digital SLRs have a thirty-minute cutout. Oh, of course, yeah, yeah. And 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 so you wouldn't want you to know, do a Birdman one-shot yeah. film with an SLR. <laughs> You're fucked. <laughs> um, and they so halfway through the thing, there's no video anymore. So right. Got all the sound. So my yep. first podcast on YouTube, you get in about. 30 minutes, mm-hmm. 29 minutes, 30 seconds, and then you just got a picture that I've put on there. Sorry about this. Wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry My about that, everybody. Podcast, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Give me a break. And they do it because for taxation reasons, if it's... Oh, because it's a, not a film camera. it's not it's a, a cinematic camera. Yeah, yeah, right. So it brings the price point down or, or oh, whatever. I don't quite know the, the intricacies, but I, I rang up the shop and i was like what the fuck dude is there any hacks for this he's like nope yeah <laughs> i imagine that's how you start every conversation what the fuck dude you're not you're not very well liked yeah. <laughs> zero friends and my followers are slowly yeah, yeah, yeah. falling yeah, what off the fuck, dude? <laughs> <laughs> yeah man let's pay two and a half g's for this you prick <laughs> you gotta have a catchphrase yeah. <laughs> thanks for coming on no thank you for having me yeah nice digs Pardon? Nice digs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wearing exactly the same <laughs> thing. Hell. 
Um, yeah, I really appreciate it. No, not at all. Thank you for having um, me. Kind of last minute, and and thank you to Jimmy and Maddie for hooking it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The great Jimmy and Maddie. What an incredible pair. Yeah, yeah, they're great. I, and I went to after after they were on Lego Masters. I did a little bit of. I went. I went to a few days that they were. They were then promoting. Lego Masters and everything, and it was mm-hmm. funny to see the change in like oh. just all these crazy Lego people that were just so excited about seeing them, which was so nice to see. It mm-hmm. was just huge Lego fans that just love love them. That's, it's nuts. I hadn't even heard about it. I didn't even know it was a thing. I kind of, I mean, I don't watch TV and I avoid reality TV like plague. But, right. But So I love it. <laughs> You do? Yeah, I'm obsessed with reality TV. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's my favourite. My favourite It's your favourite, 100%. 100%, yeah. Why? Bachelor, um, (laughs) Real Housewives of Melbourne is my absolute favourite. Wow. Um, Any any reality show I love. But what is is it that you love about it? Um, I love I love how shit it is, and I love how funny it is. Because I'm and when you're when you're really busy as well, it's so nice to have an hour a night where you just watch reality TV. And that's it's the nicest it's the nicest way to switch off. Wow. Yeah, really big fan of it. That's interesting. Yeah, like for me, if I'm going to sit down and switch off, I'll watch something. Funnily enough, that's like quite dramatic, right? Quite, yeah. Because then I am sucked in, and it's a whole other world. Yeah, sure. And, and, and everything's gone. Like so I like, don't want to follow a story. Right. I'm like after after a big day. I'm like I don't want to follow a story. I just want someone yelling at each, uh, someone yelling at someone, someone <laughs> turning over a table for no reason, or someone <laughs> reacting to something that shouldn't be an issue, but for them it is. Yeah, stuff like that, and the lines that they have that are like obviously pre- pre-prepared, scripted. And, yeah, yeah, which are amazing. Like some of the lines people come up with are quite mm. incredible. That's nuts. So have you ever? Um you know, tried to get onto a reality show or have you been on a reality oh, show? Oh, no, 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 no. No, no, I would never do it. I'm, I'm too, <laughs> I'm, no, I'm yeah. too, it's so embarrassing. I would be, I've got a few friends that have been on, yeah. like, or Jimmy and Maddie and, and friends that have been on different shows and I love, I love that. In fact, I went I went for a drink with someone um, who was on a reality TV show and I we connected on Instagram and then I just started messaging them lots of questions and like, mm-hmm. why don't we just go for a drink and you can just ask all the questions. And for two hours I was just hooked on how do they film it? How, I'm just obsessed with it. Like, cause you know how they have those interviews. It's always intrigued me. You know how they have the interviews that they film with people. If, well, if you don't watch really TV, you're not going to know. I used to back in the day when but I was you know, a kid. Yeah, yeah. You know, when um you grew up and I didn't, Um, you know, when, <laughs> you know, when they have interviews with people reflecting on the moment oh, and you go, when yeah. do they film those? Yeah, yeah, you know, when, yeah. at what point do they film those? What does the producer say? What? And so I'm obsessed with how they do it and, and the mechanics of that? it. Yeah. And there's lots of different great things that you don't even think about, but the producers are just so smart. And know how to work people. Right. And it's a big psychology thing. I got into, I when I finished high school, I got into psychology. And I've just always been interested in people. And yeah. so for me, it's watching watching those sorts of shows, wondering how people can be manipulated is quite an amazing thing to watch. That is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And so when you look at it, when you look at it more from that perspective, it's a fascinating thing. I think that is fascinating. And, and Erica was watching, um, what's that show? About the like 
producers of a oh, Unreal. Unreal. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And of course that's a you know a fake show, but yeah. I have no doubt that it's it's very similar. And yeah, you know, the yeah. first AD getting all these go in there and fucking make her cry. Yeah, make her and cry. Then send her out there with the tears. Yeah. And then, oh, you come in Shit, yeah. I'd be I'd be good at it. I reckon I'd be really good at making people cry. <laughs> Like I would, I think I would just have the knack for it, right? But it's something that I would never do. But but I just, I reckon I could do it really okay. well, yeah, yeah, just because yeah. I've watched so much and I know the triggers. I know the triggers, yeah, yeah. yeah and yeah. I know what would make good TV. But I've just never, I've just never wanted to go down that path. But it is, it it just fascinates me. And and people that two of my mates have a great podcast called Batch Bitch, which is. <laughs> Um, which is reflecting on The Bachelor okay. every um, every week. It's an amazing podcast and they rip it apart every single week and then they do um, Married at First Sight and they do all of it. So you watch it and then a new episode comes out and then you see what they think about that episode as well. And it's, fa- it's just fascinating. I know this isn't a reality TV-based podcast, but um, no, 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 no. <laughs> I have this, spoken a lot about it so far. No, I'm real plugging it's fa- it. It's, it's fascinating because I'm – so far on the other side and, mm. and and I've I'm always intrigued by like even my dad will sit down and watch The Bachelor with cuz his um girlfriend watches it. Yeah. And he gets fucking hooked and he rings me up, "Hey Josh, like I'm like, mate, <laughs> I don't I don't care give a fuck about yeah. The Bachelor." He's like, "Yeah, but this thing happened and this happened." I'm like, "God damn, that's the power of it." Yeah. 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 You know, and it is it it is exciting for a lot of people as well and I get that. Mm. I've never done MasterChef or any of those I only like when people are taken out of their comfort zone. I like mm-hmm. people struggling. So people <laughs> out of their comfort zone, ripped out from what yeah. they know, and then they're put in a high drama situation. Right. So like people living in – 22 people living in a house together is great. Yeah, like like Big Brother and what have yeah, you. Yeah, I, I never watched Big Brother. I was kind of too young. My parents didn't let me watch it. All oh, right. So because of the profanity and yeah, yeah, <laughs> and also like, yeah, I think there was like a turkey slapping thing that happened at some point, and a lot of different stuff that was going on. That's that, right, the turkey slap. Yeah, that they Fucking were against. Um, my Obvious. parents were against turkey yeah. slapping. <laughs> I believe. I'm not sure. I'm not 100 percent sure. Parenting. I don't know what happened behind <laughs> closed doors, but I'm pretty sure. Yeah. But yeah, so I was. I remember always being interested in it, and then and then love documentaries, but. Um, but the the reality TV stuff is, I think, if you close yourself off to it because you think it's like trashy TV, I think you run the risk of not seeing a lot of the great stuff that there is. Right. And, and it's not it's not like it's a great you like the greatest TV in the world, mm-hmm. but it is. It's just a different type of culture. Yeah, and it's a fascinating that's because I'll try anything and and I see if I like it or not. Yeah, but. Heavy dramas and everything are just not what I want to watch at the end of the day. Right, right, and right. And I think I just have to be a little bit more focused because I also don't like missing things. It's like yeah, when you're reading okay. a book and you're not really, you're not really yeah, into you, it, and you just read skim over stuff. Without and even, you don't know what's going on. Yeah, and you're like, huh? And yeah. Then you have to go back and reread. I was trying to yeah. watch The Crown the other day, and I just kind of tapped out for a bit. It does have some slow sections. Yeah. Yeah. Where they're really laying down like story, like exposition and just some real factual stuff that they have to hit. Yeah. Um, But I did just quickly because I I think it was the second season that I really struggled with. But the third season, I always forget his name, Tobias, who played Philip. Yep. Is it Philip? Yeah, yeah. Prince Philip. Yeah. Yeah. He's incredible. Yeah, great actor. Absolutely incredible. And I loved him in Outlander. 
and he plays the villain. Like, right, I haven't seen it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was where I first saw him, and I thought this guy's a whole, whole other show. Yeah, a, a right. New level, and and mm-hmm. clearly the standout in that show, and th- and they're all great. But yeah, um, what was the most successful? The the most successful um, reality show I thought was that most deadliest catch or whatever it was. I don't know what that is. That's about these um, Icelandic crab fishermen. Right. And it's like season after season of these dudes out in the in the Arctic Circle catching this. It's like the most expensive crab in the world and their right. fucking fingers are falling off when they get them wet and people going overboard and all kinds of oh shit. Oh, my God, really? Yeah, it's called The Deadliest Catch. The Deadliest I'm sh- Catch. I'm sure. Yeah. Um, you should definitely check yeah. that one out. Well, do they get a rose at the end? <laughs> Do, do they get a rose? Yeah, do they end? get a rose? Do they get something? I want a bachelor thing in oh, there. I want a reference from the bachelor in there somewhere. They get a huge paycheck. Wow. <laughs> I mean, that's these crazy. D- these dudes are making like hundreds and hundreds of thousand dollars each as a fisherman. Wow. I think. I mean, yeah, you'd, yeah, want yeah. To, you'd want to. I mean, in Australia, if you're a cray fisherman, you can make 200 grand a year. Really? Especially back in the day. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, so I imagine out there when it's like. I can't even tell you what it is per crab, but it's a lot. Mm-hmm. So it's hectic. Um, but moving on from reality TV and cray fishermen, I watched um, the Fire Island documentary last night. Yes. Now, how much I should have asked you off podcast? Can you speak about your upcoming project? Oh, I mean, it's it's not. No one knows about it. It's not like a. a yeah, it's just a. Um, the thing I've been working on for eight months, there's no, I can't not talk about it or anything. I mean, it's my own, right. my okay, own cool. thing. Great, great, great. Yeah, great. yeah, yeah. My next next guest today, later on today, has is, is emailed me and said, I know you know about this thing, but we can't talk about it, so don't bring it up on the podcast. So, right, right, yeah, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. So tell us about that because I only caught a, a glimpse of it for, through Maddie, but I went and watched the Fire Island and then it's a- Fire Festival. Fire Festival. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So tell me about it. Yeah, it's um a, a great a great documentary. If you haven't seen it, um, there's two. There's one called um, Fire Fire Fraud, I think it's called, and the other one is Fire Festival. Oh, it's, so there's two. There's okay. two documentaries. Right. Yeah, and they're really great. And it's about a music festival that was meant to be held on a on an island, and a lot of social media influencers got on board and sent yeah, out. That a, was crazy. Yeah, 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 and they sent out an orange square. And that was the whole That's marketing right. like campaign. Yeah, Emily Raddins, whatever is. Sure. All these people. Yeah, all these people that yeah. I didn't even know were social media influencers, but they send them out and Did you catch any of it when it was being promoted? Uh no. No, no, no. no, no. Even, no not not a whisper. Yeah. Yeah, no. And so all of that and then I watched it one night on on Netflix and then I watched the Hulu, I think it's a Hulu one as well. Or Hulu, I don't know how to say it. Hulu, whatever it is. Hulu. Hulu. Yeah. But, yeah, so I was watching that as well. And then as I was watching it, um, I just finished three years on a documentary that I made and I didn't know. I I was kind of like done with Mm self-funded documentaries and (laughs) all of that sort of bullshit that you have to like it's And it's so tiring. Yeah. And I sold that and I just didn't know what to do next and I – I, I didn't want to commit to another project and then I saw this fire festival documentary and I kind of thought it would be great to make a, a comedy film about those people who, who made it but make it from the perspective of a very small town who have a bypass going through their town and they're really upset about it and they don't know how to stop it. And so 
one of their one of uh, so the the mayor is the main character of the town. Mm-hmm. It's called Cobert the town, and they decide to put on a music festival to save the town, basically right. to get enough people <clears throat> into the town, boost tourism. But someone accidentally sends a poster out of. It's a template poster and it just says Lady Gaga, Alton John, um, <laughs> the Cat Empire. Like just big name, big yeah. name acts. And then the poster is sent out and then they sell 40,000 tickets within five minutes. <laughs> and so then it it follows them freaking out after that. And it's like a, it's an hour and a half of following them trying to figure it out. But none of the money is coming through until after the festival is happening. Oh, so they don't have any money to put on the festival. So they're just trying, they're just scraping through. And so I had that idea, but I didn't know what to do with it because it's it's a hard thing to just go. You've got the idea. How do you how do you actually do it? And then I'm lucky enough that I have a lot of friends who are in the comedy world and also mm-hmm. Um, actors as well and so I just thought if I reach out to my closest friends to ask if they'll be in it yeah maybe that would be maybe that would be enough to get me started and so I reached out to six really close friends they all said yes and as I was going I thought okay well that's that character that's that character that's that character and then I started because the, the whole film's improvised as well so I had to get these great people involved and that yeah. was that was incredible but then you have to make sure that that person says yes because the character is completely that person mm-hmm. so even their names the same. Oh right. So doing doing that meant that I had to really lock people in mm-hmm. and I ended up with a cast of as I think there's 22 people in it. Wow. And they all said yes and it was amazing. No one said no, which I was expecting that people would say no to it. Yeah, a certain percentage. Yeah, yeah. 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 And also like people are busy. Fuck you know, people yeah. have got stuff going on. Yeah. They're watching reality shows about cray fishermen or whatever <laughs> it is. But, they, you know, there's a lot of – so I thought a lot of people would say no to it. No one said no. So I ended up – Which is a testament to the friendship and, and yeah, to you. Yeah, which, which is, is a great, great thing. So then I ended up <clears throat> with a huge cast of people that I could then write for. So then I – Locked in a date. I just thought if I don't lock in a date to start filming now, I'm never going to do it. So I locked in one date and locked in two two main characters and then thought, well, if I do it now, I'll just have to write the thing. Mm -hmm. So And not write the thing as in scripted out, but I had a start, middle and end for every scene. Mm -hmm. So every single plot point was was written out and I wanted to make a Christopher Guest sort of film. So that's like, you know, best in show and waiting for Guffman and all that stuff. So I'm a huge fan of him. Right. And I love the way that he works. And that's basically get the best improvisers you know in a room and you can really just have plot points and they'll make up the rest. They'll They'll take it from there. They'll take it from there. They know who their characters are because I just decided I'll go for a drink with every single one of these people, tell them who their character is is and then if they're interested they'll do it Mm -hmm. and so when every single person said yes I knew who the character was and I had maybe two paragraphs on their character so I wrote basically a, a, a bio for every character gave it to them and then because it's all improvised, you, they don't have to be there for long. So my main part for getting people in because they're all doing it for free for me mm-hmm. is basically I had me filming it and another cameraman 
it was a mate of mine and we would just film for two hours at a time. So I'd go, can you just come here for an hour? And people would. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, they'd rock up for an hour, shoot, I just took everything twice and that was it. Wow. And it was basically put a lapel on them, a lapel mic on them. Get whatever comes get out. Get whatever comes out and then that's it. That's the scene. And then I just did that. And that took eight months of wow. of filming and I edited it as I went. Yeah. And that meant I ended up with a four-hour film that I then cut down to 88 minutes, which is it sitting at 88 minutes now Shit. because I had a screening for it the other night and it was sitting at an hour and 40 so I went, well, it needs to be, just to make it even better, it just needs to be that tiny bit shorter. shorter. And just to just to make it seem, it's very quick, the film, but it needs to be just that tiny, tiny bit tighter. Right. So then I did that, which was, you know, that took another little bit. But now I'm in the, the, the late stages of it, which is great. So now I don't have a lot left to do, but it's, it's the nice part where it's kind of like, well, now I need to think about music and now mm-hmm. I need to think about colour grading and, and the sound mix, which is a good, which is all the good. That's all the, f- it's not the fun stuff for me personally, but it's like having it done. It's the polish. Yeah. yeah. And having it done within the time frame I wanted to get it. Which is? Done by. Would now. So, you know, the, yeah, eight months was right, my, right, right, I, can't, right, right. I couldn't commit to doing it any longer than that. Okay. Cool. I knew I couldn't do it past this time. So, w- so when were you, I mean, you must be like m- not moments away, but you must be very close. You've, you've done the st- sound design now? Or no, you- no, so that's so being done that, now. That's been done now. Right now. Cool. Yeah, great, so great, that's great. um, that's going to take another two weeks and then it's done. And then it's done. Yeah, so wow. completely finished. And then you'll do the festival round with yeah, it? Yeah, I'm trying to, yeah, so getting it out there. But that's that's a hard thing as well because there's so much admin that goes with that. So yeah, it's fucking... It's insane, and yeah. it's this this thing of um, these projects that we put our hearts and souls into, and then you know maybe it's a fifteen minute short or something, and three years later it sees the light of day. Yeah, and you're a completely different actor by the t- or or writer or whatever yeah, by the time yeah. it comes out, and it's it's not that it's not yeah. So that's good that you've been able to to keep it inside that block. Yeah, you know, with and 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 stay to that. That's great, and then that's something that's really valuable too. That I'm because I've been I'm from Perth originally. I've been here three four years, and something that I'm really trying to like get to a stage where I have a little group of guys and girls who we can just get together and make shit. Yeah. You know, um, when you've got those absentee times where there's no auditions coming down the line or, you know, and it's just, you finish that thing and it's locked and you've had that little break and then you're like, what can I do? Sure. Because where I, I sit at the moment is I've got sort of three, different projects that I, that if I had a team, we could walk out the door and go and do them right now, mm-hmm. you know, and it would be great to get to that point. So that's awesome that you do because that can bring those projects to life so much quicker mm. and you feel confident in everything that you're writing and doing, knowing, okay, cool, well, I know how to get this done and I can call on this person and this person. Then you've got these people in your mind when you're writing it and creating it as well. Yeah. And how does the mockumentary sort of fit into the festival circuit? Like where's your number one spot for it to go? Pardon, Is it a the, mock, are you calling it a mockumentary? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Fake fake documentary or whatever yeah. people call them. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So where like, where would you be your ideal festival for that to be? Uh, I think I think the Melbourne International Film Festival is, I mean, really hard to get into. Really hard. All of those, yeah. all of those festivals are 
I've been knocked back by that one before. But, yeah, that would be ideal. I guess because it's got so many great Australian comedians in it, it's it's a really Australian thing. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a really it's it it's all my mates who I would I guess I would love to make a similar thing with again, mm-hmm. using all those people again. So I guess if you saw this as kind of a an ongoing thing, I would love to be able to put it into a festival where it might get recognised or it might get noticed and yep. by someone who could then help yes. with another thing or yep. a, you know love what you did there. What other ideas have you yeah. got with that team? Let's hear it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah with those Perfect. same people, because yes. you know, and the thing for me as well is because all those people gave up all their time to do that. Nice to give back. It's nice to give back, and yeah. it's nice to go. Well, all those people would be in the next one. All those people would be the core cast in the next one. So <clears throat> doing that is is that that's kind of like my end goal, but also the film festival circuit is really, I don't know a lot about film festivals. I'm not in that world. So Mm. I guess for me, now that I've got a few good credits behind me, now I can kind of try and even though this is a very independent film, I mean, they say low budget, this was no budget. Like there was absolutely no budget for this. This was me paying invoices out of my own pocket and and me booking things and, and paying for people's stuff out of my own pocket. So to do that, it was a very expensive thing to do. Mm-hmm. And film festivals, entering film festivals is kind of an expensive thing That's to like do. That's like $100 so, a pop almost. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, now I'm looking at how do I do it in a way that. How can you be most effective and economical? Yeah. 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 And yeah. so I'm looking at I'm looking at that now. That's a hard thing, but um, Maddie Tyres is helping me with with that. So she's she's helped me through throughout the experience with um, – Oh, like helping get extras for scenes or helping get, you know, that sort of stuff where I was kind of going at a million miles an hour and I couldn't because I was directing it um, and filming like behind the camera. I I didn't really have a lot of time to do all of that. So she helped me with just booking a few things here and there and and now we're in that late stage. So she's like the co-producer for it. So now her and I are looking at how how do we make it the well, most visible it can be. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's a hard thing to to realise how to do that is a hard thing. It is It is really hard. And um, there's also that like how do I, where do I put this? Like it's, it's hard enough getting in and it's expensive, but also which is the right one for this so that yeah. you're, you're not just sending it out to a bunch of festivals that yep. couldn't give a shit about that yeah. that brand or what have you. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> like even even things like, you know, someone was saying, would would Sundance be and you go, Sundance is crazy out there. Mm. Like, you know, that that isn't even in my world, but I don't know whether or not it's worth putting it in. Right. Like, you know, stuff like that where you're like, it it is a crazy idea. Cause there's like, you know, such a v- minute possibility that that would I feel get like, into something like that. Yeah. I, I made a short film um, 18 months ago and when I thought it was going to be edited within six months, I sat down and, and did a lot of research on where it should go. And I sort of came to the conclusion of like that I was going to pick two local, yep. two international yep. and, and, and one dream type festival. Sure. You know, and Sundance um, was the first one that I looked at as like maybe. 
maybe yeah. maybe it's just worth yeah. spending that 75 bucks or whatever it was. It actually wasn't appropriate for the film and I think Tribeca or something like that was probably more on the wish list. But mm. that was my strategy for it. Two majors at home, yeah, two internationals that might be just low-level indie but then you get a sort of international lawyer sure. or whatever they call it. Yeah. Um, but, but even like um, I was in a film – um, about the same time ago and I played Ned Kelly in this film and it was an independent feature. It's the only film in history to ever tell it from the perspective of the cops. Like right. That the, the Victorian Police Department was behind it. The like this historian gave it a big plug. They raised like $37,000 on, on Possible. Not a single – well, there was one festival that picked it up. It was only like a – it was the Lawn Film Festival, which is a small – Right, yeah, yeah. Had had a – had been on a hiatus for a number of years, uh-huh. but like Miff, you would think like a big Victorian festival, yeah, that'd be right up their alley. Sure, nothing. It all comes down to I think it comes down to <clears throat> luck a lot of the time, and yep. it comes down to is it the right person looking at it a lot? Because I've certainly done stuff where I thought it was, I thought it was good at the time, and then you go, I wonder if the right person saw it. Yeah. You know, yeah. And, and and then you don't know what the screening process is. You don't know what it's a ton of variables that you have yeah. no inside knowledge on. No. Yeah. I was in a in a short film maybe a year before that or something, which was very part of the Me Too sort of movement. Actually right. I think it came just before. Um and that was snapped up official selection and, and what have you. I have a minor role and I'm the I'm the, the creep. But um, typecast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> seems to be. I keep getting picked for the villain, which is crazy. I'm just about to do a short film starting on a lot Monday. Of short films. My God. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I get. Yeah, I get uh, whatever, whatever I can get my hands on. Really, yeah. isn't it? Um, but another sort of Me Too type film set in the '70s, where I'm this asshole. Somewhat creepish, but not all the way. Director who's directing documentaries. Some misty shot and yeah, and now and there, and he's hitting on the talent and what have you. I was like, fucking hell, yeah. I'm like the total opposite of yeah, these yeah, people, yeah. and it's so it's it's interesting. I always think that conversation is interesting about how you're seen and how you are, yeah, and, and and so which actors are just like they are on screen, off screen, and who are the complete opposite. Yeah, and, sure, and what have you. I always find that that's quite fascinating. Yeah. Um, well, that's awesome. So I hope that the that you your um, venture into getting it into a festival is it's not as painful as it can be, and 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 you get that 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 call that says, "Mate, loved loved what happened," and and, and let's let's see that team do another. Yeah. Would would you would you then do you think run it like another mockumentary, or do you think then maybe you might write a comedy with that team, as like you know a fictional comedy if someone said what have you got yeah yeah i would make a comedy but that's yeah. the the film is a comedy i mean it is it is that yeah. you know yeah so i would do i would do the same but off, but off off a real situation or would you you write like um so it's not like i didn't i didn't so it's not exactly the five festival okay, thing okay, it's okay, based okay. on it's based on that was like a nugget that you just yeah took. okay got yeah. you got so, you yeah um so it's not yeah the five festival thing was kind of I guess it's kind of relevant right now, but it's not always going to be relevant. So there aren't references to Fire Festival in it. Okay, okay. So it's not, yeah, because I kind of didn't want it to be one of those things where 
in five years <clears throat> that documentary might not be as prevalent as it is now. So then I didn't really want to make something that was referencing that and was only a parody of that because then, you know, you kind of feel like you're, you've dated it. Yeah. So I, I made it enough of a story about a small town that I could okay. and then kind of took that, kind of took inspiration from how bad could this go. Okay, got from, you. From that. So that's I great. love, but I love a scandal. I think that's my big <laughs> thing is that I go, I love a, I would love to make another, and I've had a lot of ideas about it, but I would love to make another one about another sort of scandal. And so those, the the mockumentary thing to hang it on as a genre or whatever that is, I love that. Okay, great. So great, I great. like I like I like making it about that. But then, yeah, whatever I do after that is kind of I guess I, I couldn't. I don't think I could ever script a comedy. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. So to, you like the idea of of letting the the actors get in there and just. Then their own brand and flavour yeah. come out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I just, cool. I, yeah, I don't know what it is, but I think I, I really like scripted comedy. I do, <clears throat> but I love more knowing that the actors have made it themselves. Right, and yeah, yeah. It's so it just seems so much more natural. I mean, you get all the ums, you get people stumbling over things. Sometimes people get a line wrong, and that's you know, if you were filming a, a fictional scripted comedy, you would take it again. Cut. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And you go, can we take it again? But because someone's stumbling over there, what they wanted to say and they're not getting it out, it kind of adds drama yeah. to it. And yeah. you usually find when you take it two times, the second time is really polished. <laughs> right, right, but right. But it's not as funny because they're trying to remember lines that they maybe said in the first take and they're trying to make it. And that's only natural because you go, it's always, you know, if you get a laugh from something, you're going to do it again. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's always, it's always that. So if you if you improvise something twice, it's not going to. It may not, not always the case, but it might not be as funny the second time. Right. Yeah. So I love the natural, and it's it shows like Kerber enthusiasm and 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 all the Christopher Guest things. They're improvised, so they there's no pressure there. No one has to learn lines. No one's precious about anything. No one's worried about a scene going too long because I can always go, I can edit that. So uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm, Larry David, right? Yeah. yeah. I didn't know that was improvised. Yeah, all improvised. Yeah. So he has a an A to B in every scene <laughs> and, and, and everything else is improvised, which is incredible. Fuck, so the actors don't get anything until the day. Which That's is crazy, yeah, because Seinfeld would have been heavily scripted. Heavily scripted, yeah. yeah. And then <clears throat> I think when he – I read an interview where he was – when he, after he'd finished writing Seinfeld, he thought the plot points were so heavy and they were so funny and everything was so jam-packed that you didn't need a script because the plot points were so funny. Right. So you didn't need to heavily script that and worry mm-hmm. about like every word and where was that going because – the actors could have done it themselves. That's for sure. And so when he started Kerber Enthusiasm, it was like, well, how do I make this? How do I do the same thing I've already done but not script it, not make it heavily produced and all of that? And so I liked that and I I think that's a really good way to do things because if if the story's funny enough, great. And if it's high drama, if you've got a lot to build on, then that's great. But if you're doing a really slow comedy, maybe scripted is the best way to go because yeah. you're not having that 
intense, you're not having those intense situations all the time. So it works for something like Cooper Enthusiasm because he's having an argument in every scene. Right. You know, he's, he's pissed <laughs> off about something, he's angry about a situation. So that works. High drama is very funny. It's always very funny when people are about to explode at one another or they're, they're really stressed. And, yeah. yeah. And so that's a really funny thing for me. And this film that I've just made is all high drama. There's no scene as as it as it builds. There's no scene where there isn't someone on high the stressed. verge of a make right. uh, yeah, yeah about to have a meltdown. <laughs> that's you know, and that's always the funniest thing for me is when you can see someone really stressed and they're trying to keep it together, but people just start fighting, people start exploding at each other. And all I had to say to my mates was just this: this comes at this point of the film, so you're at your worst or bring it back a bit because this is okay, the start. Right. Nothing's happened yet. So give them the sort of the, the arc, the top of the arc yeah. and say hit it here and then. Yeah. yeah. And then, you know, when they watched it the other the other week, it was I think it was nice for them to finally see what I was doing because, right, you know, they didn't right, right. really have, they yeah. had the script to go off. They didn't have anything. They just knew the basic storyline. So then when they're watching it, they kind of see how I pieced it all together, which is what I always had in my head. But it it's was very hard to convey. Yeah, mm, you know, it was too hard to, yeah. to tell people. Like, you know, they, which was, it was lovely that they trusted me enough to go, well, we'll just go with it. Yeah. I think as well, like, you know, if it's shit, it's shit. Like, you know, that's the, <laughs> yeah. that's the thing at the end of the day. You can do something, you can be in something, but there's so many variables that go into that as well. Totally. Where yeah. if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. I'm really happy with it. Mm-hmm. I think it, I, I think I achieved what I wanted to. What I set out to, I achieved. Well, which is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And, and is this, um, like the most, the the biggest or the most invested or or the most across something that you've done. Yeah, it's a, it's the most my own. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's I've always had. I've always worked with like another producer or okay. I've worked with someone else who's been as heavily invested. So this is in a it. film by Sammy Peterson. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which is a which is a really nice. That's great thing to have. Yeah, I've never made something. Oh, I mean, I have. I've made. I've made things before, but nothing where I've kind of gone. This is one hundred percent mine. Okay, cool. There was no, there was no input. There was, let's, well, yeah. You're, you're, at, you're at the total creative forefront on this. Yeah, 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 yeah. So there were, there were obviously like friends who would watch it with me as I was going and would say, maybe put this here, maybe don't, you know, and. Which you need a little bit. Yeah, yeah. and it, but it was always if you want to take this, take it. You don't have to. Yeah. So there was one person that told me I just needed to explain things a little bit more because I was being I was being too subtle with a lot right. of things. And so then someone comes on and says, you need, you just need that through line and it just needs to be interviews, which is going back to the reality TV stuff, the interviews with people that happen after the event, where then you're sitting with that person. It. And they're explaining what happened and they're explaining what they felt in that moment and they're explaining. So all my reality TV stuff, I was like, great, I know how this looks and how this sounds and and I know exactly how the producer asks that question and I know. So I knew what that was and then I could sit down with the actors and say, what were you feeling at that moment? Mm Mm-hmm. And I would play, I could either play them a little bit of the scene or I could just go, this is that scene. Remember when we shot this and the blah, 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 blah. And then go, so how'd you feel at this moment? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and that was nice. But it is, yeah, it is the first thing I've ever done where it's like 100% 
100% mine, which is really nice. And you, and then your audience will get a real sense of your flavour. Yeah. 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 you're across it. Yeah. yeah. And it's, it's only, I mean, it wouldn't be good if I didn't have the mates I have in it. Like, I mean, they're. If you were doing it with a bunch of strangers who yeah. are. Yeah. 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 And also like people that, the people that I got to be in it are the funniest people I know. Right. So I knew that because the characters were written for them, mm-hmm. I knew exactly, I knew all their funniest yeah, you know elements. where they're going to go with it, and you're and you're almost waiting for that thing that you want, and then when they yeah. hit it, you're like, yes. yeah. yeah, yeah. In every scene, you kind of know how they're going to react to something, which is great, <laughs> yeah. and you can say, you know, be a bit more aggressive with it, yeah, or you know, take it back a step. Maybe, maybe you need to take a bit more time with telling someone that they need to dress up as Lady Gaga for the festival, or you know, maybe they need to, maybe you need to take yeah, a bit more time, a little bit longer. That's yeah, I mean, and that's. That's the art of it, isn't it? Is finding those um, those beats and those little like just yep. the, the the little nuances mm-hmm. that that across a finished project can either lose you or yeah. compel you and keep you keep you going along. Like what you were saying before about through lines and and that balance of being too cryptic or too vague or pandering too much. And ha- you know how do I, especially um, I had the that same problem and, and I haven't seen a finished product yet so I don't know whether we were successful or not but in a 15-minute short film, how do you, how does it not be all exposition? You know so many short films are either they're just, okay, I know what this is about, you've just told me yep. everything and then the flip side is I have no fucking idea what just happened. Yeah. There's just an abstract series of images. Yeah, you know, yeah, like, yeah, sure. How do I find that fucking balance in yep. the middle? And that, I think that's probably the biggest um, art of a short film. Mm. Well, it's uh, the only way you can really, I guess, you just need to show people that have no involvement. That's a big thing to go if someone wasn't involved in the project right, right, and right. had no yeah. idea what was going and on. They, I go, I know what happened in that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's tough. Yeah. It's really, really tough. But you can't tell otherwise. It's just uh, if you're only showing people that are involved in it, know the script, know what you were doing, Yeah, then there's They're no point. They're always going to know. They're yeah. always going to know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I wanted to talk to you about your podcast, mm. Confessions of an Idiot. Of the Idiots. Of the Idiots. Yeah. How do you get the um, – content um so it's it's me every every week i find the the worst confessions i can find online and right. then so they're all online confessions and i troll like a through place? like a ha- yeah there's there's reddit there's um a place called simply confess there's a lot of different websites <laughs> that are based on anonymous confessions and so the idea came from stumbling upon these confessions yeah a few of my friends would send me <clears throat> uh, confessions Based on, so they'd see a few different websites and, and we became obsessed with the most fucked confessions that we could find. And it was, you know, and it was always, it was always someone shitting themselves, um, you know, someone having sex with someone they That's shouldn't. the number one. The number one or, you know, or, or someone was a ghost, you know, and there was always the same, <laughs> the same three things that we found and they were just awful and, 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 and we started to go down at quite a dark because there's so many awful confessions out there that aren't right. funny, that that are really that are really dark and awful, and it's a lot of incestual stuff. It's a lot of stuff that you, yeah, that you, that you can't 
make fun of. Yeah, 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 because you're you're going to get shut down and yeah, no one's going to yeah. like you anymore. And you're also inviting, like I have two guests on every week and so when I invite those guests on, they trust me enough to know that I'm not going to bring anything into the room that's a... That's uh, a uh, yeah. We, nah, dude. Yeah. yeah, the, yeah. The, you know, that they could easily shut down and go, we're not going to talk about this. Because they don't know what you're going to talk about, right? No. Yeah. Yeah. So I've basically every week I'll... Go on, I'll, I'll, I'll have Google alerts on my phone. I have, I'm across it because there's over 100 episodes. So that's over 400 confessions. Mm-hmm. Easy. So then I have to basically four episodes, so sorry, four confessions per episode. Okay. So then I go through and I find the worst ones I can find for that week, make sure they're funny, and then I forget about them, just have them on my phone, and then I meet up with two people every week. And I just read them out to them and see what they say. So it's <laughs> it's basically an advice podcast, but it's not really because it's right. just you can't really give advice because these people haven't written in. No, exactly. And they don't know that this podcast exists no. probably. Yeah. God, they've- <laughs> and so, yeah, so I just find the weirdest people I can. And it's always, it's always, it's always very strange people because you don't know if the confessions are true and you also don't know if the people who are writing them you don't know who they are, what they're thinking, why they write that way. Like a lot of them are just really badly worded and and I stumble over it a bit because I yeah. read them and I'm going, oh, I don't know how to read that, I don't know the – and because I want to forget about the confessions before I read them. Yeah. I try not to come in with a, or an a idea. Or pre-planned. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. yeah the the so. one I listened to was, um, like I was saying to you, the, the John Bomb Bowie. Mm. And, yeah, you guys got to the end of her – Confession. Confession. Yeah. And she was like, I I kisses all of the men or something like that right. in, in the darkness of the such and such. And you guys were like, what the fuck is she saying? Yeah, and, yeah. Like, like, and, and you're like, but look at the, is it the, the plural, but it's also a song reference. Yeah. But, but, but is this other character, Phil, a, a guitarist or is he someone? Yeah. You know what I mean? And I was like, is she... Not English speaking, the yeah, person who wrote yeah. this. Well, that's yeah. the stuff you don't know. You don't have any context of who that person is. You don't know anything about them. Mm. And you're reading a confession where a lot of the time, you know, there's, there was someone the other week that just kept writing Trebien and it didn't make any sense in the confession. It didn't make, it wasn't, it did, <laughs> and it doesn't, it doesn't make, Ben, she used it in like three different ways. It was right. just Trebien, Trebien. And it just kept writing it and writing it and writing it. And so you don't know who that person is why they're writing it. And obviously, like, because it's all online, it's people just bashing out a tiny little confession. They send it out into the world and then it's just there. A little catharsis for them. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess that's how people get things out a lot of the time. They just write it online and they go, now it's done. Now it's out there. I've admitted that that's something that I did. But it's usually some pretty messed up stuff that people do and then the, the basis of it is me just going, well, let's just talk about it these awful people probably, you know, they, these people that have done, well, not awful people, but people that have done something that they want to they want to discuss or they want to tell someone but they can't. So then we kind of go, well, we will. We will. We'll yeah. discuss it. We don't know this person but let's discuss it and yeah. let's talk about it. <clears throat> and so, yeah, so I started that I think two years ago. Two years ago now? Yeah, and, and every week. So every Sunday a new episode comes out. And so you really... I'm about four episodes ahead at the moment. So right. so just making sure that I'm 
across it and I'm – but then but then people, you know, because an episode will come out where I recorded it a month or two ago mm-hmm. and then people will write something to me and say, I love this bit and I have no idea what they're talking about. Like right, because like there's I, so much. Yeah. yeah, yeah there's yeah, just so I much. I was like, oh, John Bon Bowie and you're like, huh? And that episode might have been a year ago. Oh, like, I don't over, even know. I think it was one of your first. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So you just don't know. Yeah. Like, yeah, all that stuff, you kind of – Forget about it, but it's nice when new people come on board and listen to it every week and and, and they start from the start, which is 114 episodes or whatever ago. Wow. You know, they start from the start and they come back to it and then they send you things or references to things. But obviously, like, you know, for, for Confessions, a podcast, they go for about an hour. I have no idea what I've said. Yeah. You know, like, you, and you just don't. You just can't. yeah, especially especially when it's it's on the fly, improv, what have you. Like, it's just spat out. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, and it's a very it's a very quick podcast as well. So yeah. you just have to really get it out, get it out, get it out, and then you stop recording, and then it's into the world. And do you ever sort of like obviously you've you've done a lot and you you forget a lot of them, but do you accumulate some of them and to orchestrate into something else? Like is there material building from the podcast? No, no. yeah, no. It's it's just basically me meeting up with two friends every week. Right, right, right. So I meet up and I've only ever really had friends on it, which is a nice, it's a very nice thing to go, I know, I have a connection with this person already. Yeah, you know? and, and, and there's... There's just a, a really sweet mix of unpredictability and predictability yeah. in that you know these people and you know that they're going to deliver and it's not going to be this, yeah. this dead zone where it's that comedian that doesn't have that brand or isn't isn't, yeah. isn't locked into it and they're like, oh, I don't get this. Yeah, <laughs> there's, you know, there's probably about ten people that I wasn't friends with before the podcast. Okay, right, right, right. And that's it. And then and then you know you either become friends from it or you know they'll come back. I haven't really – I've only had one or two people that haven't come back and it's only a scheduling thing. Like that's right, only right, like right. I yeah. just haven't been able to make it work again. No, well, I mean it sounds like a um, – sounded like a lot a lot of fun yeah. as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I love listening to um, pr- predominantly like the one that most talks about um, comedy that I listen to is Joe Rogan's podcast. Obviously right. being a stand-up comic and he has lots of comedians in. And I'm listening to the process or or the journey of a stand-up comic and what have you is, I mean, that above all else, um, for me is like fear-inducing to go and right. do to go and do 15 minutes of comedy because I've never done comedy. I yep. don't think I've even really acted in anything that's comedic. Yeah. Um, so I'm really fa- fascinated about the um, the technique. Or, you know, the timing and playing yeah. into the truth and all that kind of stuff. But being a comic is a little different than being a comedic actor where someone else is doing the writing for you yeah, and you're just, yeah. you're just applying the given circumstances and, 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 and in the editing room they give you the pace yeah, and all that kind yeah, of stuff. But sure. to be out, be out on stage and to have that ready to go and, 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 and that commitment to bombing and yep. hecklers and yeah. all that shit. I mean, you've been on stage, right? For You've done some stand-up comedy? I did stand-up for about six years, yeah. Fuck. Yeah. Is, is that sort of the pinnacle of like the most intense? Um, or do you, it's, it's all good, you don't give a shit? <clears throat> I don't really care about it anymore. Right. I, you know, I did, it for, I did it for six years, seven, maybe seven yeah, I did it for a long time. What was your first like? First was great. Okay, wow. Yeah, first was first was great. Yeah, um, and then the second was awful. So, 
But you, you know, you, then you think, well, the first one was so good. I, I can do I can this. do it again. Yeah. Yeah. But it takes a long time for you to be good at it. Yeah. And then you start to do shows and, and then, you know, but you're doing it four nights a week. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a lot. You have to, right? Like you, you have to. Yeah, it's like exercise. It's, yeah. It's you like if you're not it. working that muscle, it's not. And I noticed when I stopped doing it for about two months, I had never been more nervous in my life wow. getting back up on stage because you become very rusty yeah. and probably not to the crowd. You're probably not as rusty as you think you are. But you're but self-aware. You feel, and you're- yeah, and you feel very rusty and it's some people are very natural at it and very good at it and then some people need to really, really work, work hard. Yeah. Yeah, and it, it is a very hard thing as well to write jokes and, and to yeah. make stories funny and, and, and all of that. I was very happy when I stopped but... But I didn't have the drive for it that a lot of people did. I had a drive enough to do it for so long. Right. But then when I had four nights a week free, you know, like <laughs> yeah. you know, when you put it down yeah. to it, when you go, oh, I don't have to, I got back from something and it would be like 7.30 and I just get home and I go, oh, my God, I've got to go and do a gig in an hour. Yeah. Or, you know, I've got to. I got to go to Hawthorne, and there's a there's a basement there where someone's trying to put on a comedy night with beanbags, <laughs> and you know, and you go, and yeah, there's people on beanbags looking up at you, and you're as confused as them. You don't know why you're there, and it's a Wednesday night, and it's late. Right, because it is that intimacy too, right? It's not like they're off in the darkness a little bit. You can see them staring at you, going, "Yeah, yeah, they're waiting," and, yeah. and you know, and then. It's 10 o'clock before you're going on or it's, you know, and, and it's just a long night. And I was, yeah, someone was asking me recently to come to a comedy night with them. I have no interest. Like I have, I've seen so much of it. And when you're doing it four nights a week and most of that is showcases, most of that is watching 10 other comics on that night. That's what a showcase is. That's what a showcase right, is. Right, right. So it's like, yeah, but it's not really called a showcase. It's just a comedy night. But I mean... It's basically 10 other comics, you're all standing there watching each other do it. And so to watch that much of it and then want to go to a comedy night for fun is just bizarre to me. Yeah. Like, you know, it's it's yeah. just it's I'm not quite ready yet to go back and watch. I go and see friends. I go and see if my friend's doing an hour show or they're doing – I go and see shows, yeah, yeah. but I find it, yeah, it's it's weird being out of it to kind of, and because you you analyse it too much as well. Okay. Like you can't really, you don't really enjoy. You're seeing the format and all the yeah, skeleton of you're it. you're seeing yeah. all the mechanics of it. Mechanics, where, right, yeah. Where it's not, it's not as enjoyable as maybe it was as a fan of something beforehand. Right. Now you're watching it kind of picking it apart and it, it takes a while to switch off and I don't think I'm at the point yet to go and watch it without that mentality. And as soon as I lose that mentality, I think I'll be a lot yeah. better audience member. Right, right, right. Have you um, – do you find that you do that now? Like so I was listening to uh, – I cannot tell you her name. I want to say it's Monica, but – she was the girlfriend in Deadpool. Right. The, you've seen Deadpool? No. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, anyways, she's very pretty pretty damn successful now. And she's yeah. saying she can't watch, she doesn't watch a lot of TV anymore or, or films because she can only see the mechanics of it. Yeah. And I thought that was really fascinating because for me it's the opposite. 
Right. Like, I mean, I'm still now as someone who's finally after, you know, I didn't start acting until I was about 33. Yeah. So not knowing them before and then now knowing them to a degree. Yeah, yeah. Going back and watching all of my favourite films again with that little bit of understanding yeah. makes them even more precious to me mm-hmm. and I'm not disconnected, you know. I, yeah. I like seeing it and going, wow, I totally know what he just did just then. Yeah, and, yeah. And how hard it is, mm-hmm. you know, and I love that. But, um, yeah, I was thinking of an analogy before when you were talking about seeing the mechanics and what have you and, and not wanting to see a showcase like my sister's a chef or was a chef and she would be terrible to go to the restaurant with and would never cook for herself. Yeah, you know yeah, I mean? yeah, yeah, yeah. I've had enough. I've been doing yeah. 14 hours today. Yeah. yeah. It's takeout all the way. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And that, is, and that is the thing because there's so much experience for me and so many memories that go with mm-hmm. go with that that I get really anxious for the comedians. Right. Yeah. And when it doesn't get the laugh that I knew it should get or, yeah. or people aren't responding or people are talking in the crowd or I get really – I can't be an audience member. You want to tell that. them to shut the fuck up. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And you want – and then, yeah, I think I, th- I just think it's that that awful thing of you wanting to help or you wanting to be involved in it or, or – or just having a different mindset of that now or or watching something that you just don't, you're just, someone makes a joke about something that you don't think they should be making a joke about. Mm, right, yeah. And it just becomes, I think there will be a point when I do enjoy it again, when I do really enjoy it. But at the moment, like I'm not someone that would watch a comedy special or okay. enjoy that. But if it's a close friend that's putting on an hour show, then I'll be there and I do love it. I do. I still do love watching someone like Judith Lucy or Will Anderson, or if my friend Oliver puts on a show like he he just did last comedy festival and he was amazing. And there's so many people, friends of mine that do shows that are incredible. And when mm-hmm. you see them in an hour show, mm-hmm. that's really enjoyable. I and like you can, that. You yeah. can kind of take your mind out of it and not worry about it because you know they've got it. Mm-hmm. But when people are working stuff out or someone's a bit drunk or, you know, it, it, and you're in a weird bar and, you know, wherever. wherever They're a know, bit more vulnerable up there. Yeah. 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 And it's not because when you're watching like a stand-up night and there's so many, there's like 10 comics on or whatever it is, the audience take a while to get used to every comedian mm-hmm. that's on. They take a little bit to go, oh, you're that sort of person. I Got understand you. you. And yeah, it there's takes an a, adjustment. Yeah. And I don't think because a set is only generally seven minutes, it's not enough time. So Why, they, is, it, why is it then if, if it's not enough time but it seems to be this strong format for these things, why is that? Has it just always been that way? Like, I think it's just always been that way. Yeah. Seven minutes is enough time. Shit. It's enough time, and also if you're not very good, oh yeah, you don't seven want to minutes be out there is very long. <laughs> yeah, seven minutes is a long time when it's not Fine. going well. Yeah, and seven minutes for an audience member to watch someone who's bombing, bombing is very long. <sighs> seven minutes is a very long time. Yeah, and yeah. if you get most people to write a comedy set, seven minutes is a very long time. Yeah, it can be. And then as you get better, you build up an hour and you build up all of that That's stuff. That's incredible, but, but an hour. Like, yeah, yeah, it is. And it's a lot of time. But that when you do it, you realise that that time really does fly by. Yeah, okay, yeah. Uh, we were talking before about um, theatre and what have you and, and you said something before about like 
that anxiety of being in the crowd and what have you. Like I went to see a friend maybe 18 months ago and doing his solo man stage and I was in the front and I felt that, you know. Yeah. And, 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 but my own stuff was there too because I don't love theatre. Yeah. Um, so it was this double whammy of this because I find it so strange to be watching someone in person pre- pretend. Yeah, sure. Well, and that's what I worked out recently is the thing that just doesn't sit right with me when it's I'm like, but you're none of this stuff is here. You're in a fucking dark room on a yeah. stage and pretending, mm-hmm. and I can't, you know. And, and then you'll have people say, "Well, you haven't seen a great enough play," and maybe, but but with cinema, I have that intimacy. Yeah, you know? sure. But I remember sitting there going, like getting all of my shit, and then I'm like, oh, but what's his nerves like? And, oh, my God, I feel so nervous for him. And there's only, yep. like, five people here and it should be 50. And yeah, yeah. So, nah, I'm good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, it is. It, it's a lot. Like, you have to really have a lot of imagination to to see a play like that. Yeah. Like, you know, for someone to be by themselves. Like, I don't know. I haven't seen many one-person plays. Like, I haven't really seen a lot. But I always know stand-ups are very... It's the most vulnerable you can be. So you know, yeah, you've got you no one to do, lean on. You've got no one to lean on. Yeah. The great thing about a play a lot of the time is someone else wrote it. Yeah. You know, yeah, so yeah. you don't have to have that anxiety about yeah. it. I mean, you still might get stage nerves and everything, but um anxiety about that. But someone else wrote it. You don't really need to worry about all of that. You just can do your lines and bring the best performance to it that you can. Yeah. But theatre has never really for me either. I've never really I haven't really gotten into it. In the way I would like to, yeah. I would love to watch something and really love it, and 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 go have the time to go and see theatre. But it's just not on my radar. It's not really my world, and yeah. it's probably not your world either. It's, so it's, it's not. not really like I have no aspirations to be on stage. Um, but I also part of that is, you know, coming to it late and having to to learn a whole new skill. Yeah. I'm just going to focus on the thing that I love most, yeah. Know, as a try, as as opposed to trying to spread it thin. Yeah, sure. You know, do a little bit of a play here and a short film here, or nah, fuck that. Yeah, just focus on the on the thing that I like most. Yeah. Um. But yeah, well, I was going to say something just then. Do you hate that? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Oh fuck! There's, no, <laughs> there's nothing waiting for me at the end of this. At the end of this tale. Um. Well, I think that's probably. Probably a good place to stop. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, thank uh, you so much for having me on. Mate, thank you. I really appreciate it and I can't wait to see the film. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Whenever but, it whenever it does come out, whatever well, festival. Yeah, you're going to have to wait for it to come out at a, at a thing first or will you have a private yeah. polished screening? No, no. No, not at the moment. That's not, a, that's not something I'm um, going to do. But, I mean, who knows? Like at some point that might be a thing, you know, especially if it doesn't it doesn't go to the places that I think it's going to go to or doesn't end up exactly where I think it's going to end up. It's still a nice right. thing to have, you know, with friends to go, this was something we made. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. And if 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 nothing else, it's a proof of concept. Yeah. And a proof of the team. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. 100%, yeah. which is worth its weight in gold. Yeah, of course. For sure. Yeah. yeah. Thank you, mate. No, thank you. Cheers. Cheers.